Every year, as Tisha B'Av arrives, we have pretty much the same experience. It's not the same for every person, but all of us to a certain similar degree go through the same experience. Tisha B'Av arrives. You feel sad about the state of Kla Yisrael. You reflect on the tragedies that have occurred over the past year. And honestly, I think that all of us, we try hard, we try. All of us, to, each of us in our own way, to connect to Tisha B'Av. To feel something. It's very hard. It's a very hard thing to do. And if we're honest with ourselves to a certain extent, as soon as Tisha B'Av arrives, part of us at least, wishes it was just over already. Like, let's just get it done. Because that sense of how uncomfortable we are with the fact that we have no idea what to do and how to feel... We just want it to be done already. And I think there's a very obvious reason, there are probably more than one reason, but obvious reasons why we feel like this. We don't appreciate what Mashiach is, what a Besam Mikdash would mean for the world. We've never experienced a Beis HaMikdash. So how could we possibly appreciate what it means not to have it? And what it means to sit on the floor and to cry about something that you've never seen and never experienced and an experience that we hope for and we wish for, but we don't really understand what it is even that we're hoping and wishing for. So I thought that tonight for a few minutes, we discuss what we're missing. And what does the Geulah mean? What does that mean? To be mitzapel Yeshua, to wait for the Mashiach. What does that mean? What's that supposed to look like? In May of 2020, during the, the height of COVID, there was a lot of Mashiach fervor. You might remember. Every rabbi and every... Shul over, over Zoom spoke about the fifth cup, cup of Mashiach. And Ivan Lepiansky, the, the Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva Gadol of Greater Washington, wrote an article that he titled, Sometimes Mashiach is Not the Solution. Where he discussed the frustration that he felt with the way that people talk about Mashiach as a quick fix for all the problems in the world. A lot of times we talk about Mashiach as like a, a time of magical miracles, the end of all tsar, all pain for any person, no more sickness, no more financial worry. Where in reality that's really a debate and to be shown him and it's not clear at all that that's true. So if we want to know what Chazal say about Mashiach, the first place to look is the Rambam. The Rambam, the end of the Mishnah Torah, 
one of the only halachic works which actually talks about the topic. And there the Rambam lists four things that will happen with the coming of Mashiach. Number one, he writes, Mashiach will restore our nationhood by reinstating a central authority for all of B'nai Yisrael. One central leadership. That does right now seem like magical. We have Rabbanim, we have Poskim, we have all kinds of community leaders. One central leadership for the entire Kalah Yisrael. Number two, the Mashiach will provide the inspiration and motivation to help those who are not yet connected to a Torah life to have the ability to come back. The vast majority of the Jewish people are not, are not observant fully. And Mashiach will bring that to bear. Number three, Mashiach will restore Torah to Kalah Yisrael. The vast a ton of the Torah cannot be practiced without a base Mikdash, without all of Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. When the Mashiach comes, the Torah will be renewed. It'll be filled up. We'll have a chance to do so many things we could never do. But fourth, and finally the most primary, Mashiach will restore the Shekhinah, the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the world with the building of the Beis Amidash. We do not know how to describe what that means. What does it mean to Shekhinah? What does it mean to feel the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? We don't know what it means. Rasulavichik, though, one time said the following. He said that people came over to him. He said, people say to me, we have Eretz Yisrael, we have Yerushalayim, we have the Kotel. What are we sitting on the floor for? What are we, what are we, what are we crying about? Why are we mourning on Tisha B'av? We have Yerushalayim. And the Rav said, when I answer you, he said it with a mashal. He said, have you ever seen a child, an estranged child, sit at the same table with his father? Right next to him. There's only a few inches, a foot of distance between the father and the child. But a thousand miles between their hearts. It creates an unbearable tension, intensified and not minimized by their physical proximity. So too, said the Rav, to have Yushalayim so close, to have a kotel, to have a state, and yet be so estranged from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's a reason for more intense mourning, not less. Because we can feel it, but we can't feel it. The lack of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence or palpable manifestation of any desire to connect with us is the fourth aspect of the Golas that the Mashiach will rectify. You might notice that the Rambam doesn't say that there will be wondrous miracles, the end of sickness, no more, no more financial troubles. Don't get me wrong, there are opinions that it's true. There are Gemaras that describe miraculous things as well. But those details remain unclear in a matter of debate. 
And that's certainly not the main focus of what Mashiach is all about. But by seeing what the Rambam does list, I think it can give us a much clearer vision for what it is that it means to mourn on Tisha B'Av and how we can actually be Mitzapel Yeshua to yearn for the Mashiach. What the Rabbim is describing is an Am Yisrael that is unified in its goals, its purpose, in its relationships, and an Am Yisrael that can palpably feel that Hashem is with us. The Messianic era will allow us to fulfill our individual and national destiny of showing the world what it means to live a life infused with godliness. To live life not only for myself, but with the goal of inspiring and doing for others. To live a life connected to something greater than just myself. Because as long as we don't have Mashiach, and we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, we may continue to thrive as individual communities, but we are incapable of really functioning properly as a nation. And of course, and maybe at the core of it all, if we don't feel the presence of Hashem in our lives, it's so hard to feel that inspiration and motivation to follow through on all the things that He asks us to do. So how does our understanding of these four losses translate into yearning for Mashiach? How do we express it? Imagine the following. Imagine you're at a wedding. You come over to the parents of the chassan or the kala and tell them how beautiful the simcha was and the, and the, and the, and the father says to you, you know, I, I wish that I wish that my parents who passed away, I wish they were here. And then he says, because you know, they would have paid for the whole wedding. They would have picked up the bill. And at first you would laugh and then you'd say, you'd be like, you, wouldn't even, you couldn't believe it's such as it. When we wish for Mashiach to pay our bills, to heal our ailments, or to help us with any of our other myriad of needs, that's a tefillah for ourselves. But that's not really yearning for Mashiach. What's yearning for Mashiach supposed to feel like? Rebbe Lepiansky writes that it feels like the painful hollowness and sorrow that we experience when we attend a simcha and there's a family member who's missing. Or a parent hasn't come to a wedding out of anger. A child has not invited a parent out of spite. A son fallen in battle isn't there. A lost daughter is missing in the family picture. Because of the extraordinary joy that should be there, the emptiness is so sharp and so painful. He told a story about one of his students. He said, this student had lost his father when he was a teenager. The family had, had, was, had a tremendous amount of resolve. He grew up, he ended up He's a wonderful young man, wonderful Midos, a good guy, found a wonderful girl, and they were going to get married. And they came to the wedding, and they're at the Badekin, 
And you know, after the Badekin, they dance the chassan back, you know, to the room where he's going to... So they're dancing and everyone's like so... Besimcha, for, especially for this guy who has so much tzara in his life and they're singing and dancing. It's beautiful. It's like the most amazing moment. And they, they bring him into the room to get ready for the wedding. And Vlopiansky said, he said, I went into the room to be with him, to help him prepare. And the moment the door closed, the boy put his hands around his Rebbe and he started crying uncontrollably. And he said, I understand. Yes, the event was magnificent. But there was somebody missing. And that meant that everything would be different. And there was nothing to do to change it. That's what it means to yearn for Mashiach. To know that as amazing as our shuls and yeshivas are, as much as our communities flourish, as many trips as we can take to Eretz Yisrael and to go to Chevron and to go to Tzvad and to go to the Kotel, there's a presence that's simply not there. There's a gaping hole that has not been filled. Maybe this Tisha B'Av, we can appreciate that whole little more with all that's happening in Eretz Yisrael. Like I said, the idea of an Am Yisrael united under one united leadership with one purpose does seem like a wondrous miracle right now. And perhaps this experience can serve as a reminder of just how badly we do need the Mashiach. Not to solve all of our problems but to allow us to fulfill our potential as individuals and as a nation. And maybe most importantly, to fill that gaping hole by restoring our Kodesh Baruch Hu's presence to a world that needs Him very, very much.